Hey there, and welcome back to Out of His League. I'm your host, Mackenzie Dittman, and today is Tuesday, which means I will be joined by a very special guest for some much-needed girl talk. That's right, Tuesdays are officially for the girls. excited to introduce today's special guest. You may know her as Publicity from her podcast Tea with Publicity, which is on Barstool Sports. You may have also seen her many very honest TikTok videos, particularly her review of the Kardashians Met Looks. That was that one I think went viral. That was a good one. Um, she is honestly just such a funny girl. I was really excited about this interview because we actually met through an interview for her podcast. She interviewed me this past summer during season three of Love Island and she talked to me about my experience on Love Island and then wanted to gain some insight from me as to what I thought about that current season with season three. And so we really only talked about Love Island the first time that we connected through that interview, but we followed each other on socials after. And that's when I really started to get a chance to know her and love her basically. Um, and then when I went to New York a couple of weeks ago, I set up an interview with her and that was actually the first time that we met in person and it was just really exciting to learn a lot more about her. She started off in traditional old school PR and on the side was creating a blog and working on Instagram and she was doing those two at the time, um, two jobs at a time. And then she was able to grow her social media platform and develop an income from that to the point where she was able to leave her PR job and then just focus primarily on content creation. And she actually created her podcast prior to Barstool. So people probably thought, okay, she created a podcast with Barstool and that's how she started. She actually created a very successful podcast on her own prior to teaming up with Barstool. And she even had her own merchandise and she really was growing her platform, especially during the pandemic through TikTok as well. And then it's a funny story and she's going to elaborate more on it during the interview, but she actually got her job with Barstool by sliding into David Portnoy's DMs. I cannot make this up. You'll have to hear her method for the madness because it will probably change your Instagram game forever. But let's go ahead and dive right in. This is me with Alyssa. I am right now sitting in the Barstool Sports office in New York City, and I have a very special guest with me today, Alyssa Amoroso, but you might know her better as T with Publicity. Yes. Hi. <laughs> um, I feel like I just want to know right off the bat, how did you come up with the publicity name? Oh my gosh, it's like such a saga. And it's funny because I actually had publicity before 
I was ever doing it anything professionally with it. So I was working as a publicist in New York City and I had an old boss. Her name was Melissa. And she had a um, like Instagram that was like Missy Publicity or something spelt the regular way. So you stole her name. No, no, <laughs> kind of. So like spelt the, the real way publicity. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. Like if Melissa could rhyme with it, then like Lisa. Alyssa can too so I was just like oh. wordsmithing yeah it's all clicking now it's all clicking so I was just wordsmithing some options for my Instagram handle and I was like talking to my friends in a group chat and I was like should I make my handle like lit like um list publicity or some I don't know something and my friend Jen who's really creative was like what about publicity wow and she's just stuck my nickname Liss right in the center there and um, that was my handle while I was still a publicist before I launched my Instagram as a business and it's been that way probably for like wow probably like eight years like wow. it's been a really long time well thanks Jen I know <laughs> I know thanks for everything I owe you my life yeah I, I have to give my mom credit for out of his league she actually came up with that I had a note in my phone and I had been brainstorming names for probably a couple of months and then one day my mom comes in and she's like what about this and it's so good I was just telling you off air I'm like I think it's so cute it's it's just so it's exactly everything that I wanted it to be I wanted it to sound powerful I wanted it to sound feminine I want it to sound sporty at the same time and totally. it manages to do all of those things which is super super cool but I do want to dive into more about your past in PR so mm -hmm. you were touching on that a little bit also side note back in the blogging days of like seven or eight years ago I loved how creative people were with their blog names because yes. if you go back and you dig deep into the influencers that you follow now that are like fashion-based influencers mm -hmm. especially you'll find their blogs and typically there are these names that are just so creative I know because everyone's handles used to be their blog name and then as like Instagram blew up and like I would say more the last like few recent years everyone switched it to their real names yeah. But that's why the OG influencers like Something Navy and We Were What, like they still, now they have their name as their Instagram handle and then the blog name as like their brand name. Yeah. The We Were What confused me, I'm going to be honest, for a very long time because I would see her Instagram, but then I knew there was a brand that was called yes. that. So then I was so confused. And then also... um who the brand um who what where who what where it would always confuse me I, I i feel like sometimes i was so late to the to the show like yeah. i was not around <laughs> in the very beginning i was so oblivious and it's only been in the last three or four years that I've become more aware of it and I mean power to people like you and a lot of my other friends that have been at this like since college and mm -hmm. have been at this for a long time and I think that that is such a big difference from reality tv stars yeah. that become influencers compared to people that put in that work and they really like work to establish that audience and build that rapport and just build it from the ground up and mm -hmm. that's exactly why you see people of all ranging sizes I think too as far as their followings because it's just a whole different world it really is and you can speak to that more about from the PR standpoint because you studied that in school mm -hmm. and then you implemented that as a more of a business tactic with your with your influencing yeah totally so I I always 
it's so weird because like you know they say hindsight's 2020 when I look back at my life everything I did made such sense like made so much sense for so many reasons so first of all I basically talked my way into college like I was a publicist before I was a publicist before you knew what a publicist was yes like because really what, because what is a publicist a publicist is basically someone that helps like craft messaging and imaging around a product or a person oh my god that was really impressive <laughs> the way I just like regurgitated yeah, yeah. that because I literally I studied I studied mass communication and media in school and they said research the profession that you want to be in and I wanted to be in public relations but it's really hard to actually find a term that uh-huh. describes what a publicist does in exactly. a very concrete way and you just did a fantastic job so <laughs> Thank kudos you. well I've been doing it long enough like little story that just like shows like what a publicist I am innately when I when it was time to apply to colleges I was like the worst student like so bad D C D student. Wow. Because I didn't try. Like yeah. not because I wasn't smart, because I literally never did a piece of homework in my entire life. So when it came time to apply to college, my parents were like, You well, no, first of all, I wasn't getting in anywhere. Everyone was denying me. Oh no. And um finally I'm like, oh I'm gonna go to Sacred Heart. It's this little school in Connecticut and I like just saw pictures on like Facebook of like people partying and I was like I'm gonna go there (laughs) and like I think it's easy enough for me to get into was my thought process and so I applied and it actually funny enough I did super well in my SATs because again I'm not not smart I just never tried in school so there was a huge discrepancy between like my SAT score and my GPA and they were like what's happening yeah I think everyone was surprised number one and then number two I was like let me leverage this to get into college Wow. So my school did interviews, which not every school does or Mm -hmm. did at the time. And I went in and I interviewed and the guy that interviewed me was Italian and he loved that I was Italian. And I was like, I'm a salesperson. I'm a publicist. I'm going to just schmooze my way. (laughs) So he wound up really liking me. And then I literally, as a junior, senior in college, would just email admissions once a month being like, hi, Melissa, I remember her name. Hi, Melissa, like, hope you're doing well. Just wanted to check in to see if you've had a chance to review my application. Wow. And I literally harassed her so much that finally, like, I remember she, I called her office one day to be Mm -hmm. like, hey, when are you going to have an update? And she goes, I'm sending out the offer, but I just want to let you know over the phone you got in. Honestly, that is a huge lesson in be sure to take that extra step and make it personal because nowadays no one ever mm-hmm. they want to take the lazy route and they I don't I can't see anyone doing what you did. And like I that's how I've gotten every job I've ever had. I mean, it's like a theme of my life, just persistence. And I think people get really scared to reach out to like the head honcho mm-hmm. and it's like no, people that are in power respect people that reach out to them yeah. and like shoot their shot yeah I, I was always so nervous to try to talk to teachers in college and to reach out to them I mean I never went to my counselor in college and as a result I never did an internship and mm. so getting a job post-college was impossible because they're like oh you need internship experience huge yeah. huge huge lesson learned of you have to advocate for yourself and you have to take that step of building that personal relationship but I also just think it's interesting talking to you about 
in school it was hard with your grades and stuff you just didn't try Mm -hmm. but I also know for me like I struggled sometimes as well in that traditional format and I hope that as schooling and education evolves that they can make more programs that are suited to people who are clearly very vocal and maybe have these large personalities and are clearly Mm -hmm. have a high IQ maybe but they don't it doesn't translate into typical standardized testing 100% and actually it gave me an insecurity a lot of my life thinking I wasn't smart Mm -hmm. and I've talked about this with you a little bit before just it carried through this thing where I was like wow I'm really not intelligent but the truth is if you put me I I joke if you put me in like um like an automotive school (laughs) I would build a car like I am that person like Mm -hmm. I am super hands-on if I went to cosmetology school I would give the best highlights and do the best nails and I'm so hands-on and so like I'm more creative than I am like standardized test taking and I think now in my job that really benefits me yeah but in school I really struggled the reason I didn't do my homework was because I didn't care and class didn't hold my attention yeah it was I mean I have ADHD and I don't know if, if you have any kind of attention issues but I have that and it's so difficult for me and it was the same thing was my my intelligence like didn't translate in the right way mm-hmm. but now like I'm working really hard at establishing my business and this podcast and everything and just like you have taken it upon yourself to build your brand as well and I think that that is is we have to be hands-on and we'll work extremely hard it's just it's the same reason why we probably don't fit into that traditional nine to five totally. it's the same reason why we didn't fit into school you 100%. know 100 i also think i listen to a lot of like entrepreneur podcasts and i think every person i listen to that's like very successful and someone i would look at as a role model didn't fit into that mold yeah dropped out of college didn't do well in school and I'm always like okay I'm on the right path and now I wear it like as a badge of honor Mm -hmm. like I used to be ashamed now I go on podcasts and I'm like yeah I got D's in school because to me it doesn't matter and I don't I no longer feel like that defines my intelligence absolutely I mean they they I did a class in college that talked a lot about how education is so interesting like post-college like post-secondary education or whatnot as far as like college goes because now college degrees are becoming so standard Mm -hmm. and then they're saying that now like master's degrees are becoming a lot more standard that it's almost like I wonder if there is such a if there's such an expectation that a lot of people will go to school if maybe once so many people are doing it that we'll start to realize maybe it doesn't matter does that make sense 100 like once it becomes such a big thing maybe then it'll start becoming less of a thing I think well, now I'm in the camp of like, I don't care if my kids really go to college because they might be YouTubers. Like you yeah. don't know anymore. Like there's so many, I think we're in a world currently where untraditional paths are celebrated. Mm-hmm. Whereas like even five years ago they weren't. Yeah. And it was definitely more cliche. Yeah. Cause my sister, she's, she's a, I call her a degree collector. So she went to an, she's incredibly smart. She went to one of the top liberal arts schools and then she ended up going on to go to grad school and she was originally planning to get her PhD from Berkeley and then she decided to stop at her master's and then she took some time and that was the first time she'd taken a breath Mm. in a very long time to think about what do I want to do because she'd always been extremely academic and just always knew that she wanted to achieve you know becoming a doctor or or a high level higher level of education and then it was actually the election that inspired her to go to law school so now she's in law school and she's figuring out exactly what she's doing but she understands for me like she's never tried to encourage me me to go and get my master's Mm. she understands that 
I am on my own path and for her, hers works. And we need people like that because she knows what she wants to do. 100%. But she's also had friends who have literally gone to PhD programs and they waste an entire education because they don't know what they want to do. They're just going through the motions. So whether it's you want to go on and pursue higher education or you don't, Mm -hmm. just have a goal or at least be open to figuring out what that goal is and not letting yourself fall into what is expected of you. Well, that's why for me, I actually think I was opposite of you where I had eight internships literally in four years like I was the internship queen if not nine or ten like I had so many I did one every semester one in the summer and it was because which is so funny because again bad student great worker like I just had this I liked to work and I had this thing in my mind where originally I didn't even know I wanted to go into PR I thought I wanted to go into celebrity fashion styling oh and okay. it was like the era of like Rachel Zoe being so big and her show was on Bravo and mm-hmm. Brad Gorefsky and I was like I want to I want to work in entertainment I want to style celebrities and because I had so many internships it actually helped I decided what I wanted to do when I was still in college Mm -hmm. so by the time I left my first job was in the fields that I wanted to be in oh that's awesome though whereas like most of my friends I think their first job they just took a job being like I guess I'll try marketing yeah and then they were like I hate this yeah but I was like I learned my summer going to sophomore year that fashion wasn't for me after interning at Elle magazine and then I started working at a celebrity PR agency and then I started writing for a celebrity news outlet and I was like oh I want to go the PR route Mm -hmm. so then all of my internships from like junior year on were in that space and then when I graduated I got a job right in that exact field because I had so many internships like experience already but you were just you put yourself out there you just did it earlier than a lot of people would have and you were willing to question because I think some people have red flags of like oh that maybe this isn't what I want to be doing but then you just keep going the course and you're like I've got to stick with it mm. and then I mean I think that life is too short it's like figure out exactly what it is that you want to do totally. and I mean I'm I'm honestly envious of the internship thing to this day I'm <laughs> like you know what I know that I have this this and that already but sign me up for an internship I will still take one do you know that's a piece of advice I always give people really actually. like people that write into my show and want to switch careers like let's say they're I don't know a lawyer and they're like oh I want to be a publicist I'm like well then go to a local agency and even though you're employed ask if you could help a few hours a week for free yeah. or for minimal cost just so you could learn the ropes so then you're able to put something on your resume and be like hey by the way I know the basics like you can't just expect to like switch careers completely without any experience well, also just a job interview in general, like a big tip would be to go in there and say, like, I'm going to work hard for you and I want to work for you. And this is where I want to be. And the fact that you're not concerned about the compensation that you're going to get for it, you're like, I just want to learn mm-hmm. and I'm here to learn. I cannot tell you how many times I've said that in an interview and it's gotten me a second. Mm-hmm. And they're like, because your generation doesn't think that way. They think about how easily can I get something without working very hard to do it. 100%. And then last piece of interview advice if you're going somewhere like barstool sports for example to interview with them make sure you do your research on barstool sports mm-hmm. so that way if they ask you about the company know what to say that's mm-hmm. just a piece of advice for any company that you're interviewing for any company yeah how was your how did you get the say, job we here can, we can get there so okay so long story short worked in pr entertainment pr for f- four years or like four years i want to say and during that time started 
my blog publicity. Mm-hmm. And then um, for two and a half of those years when I was working in PR and running the blog, they overlapped. So I basically worked two jobs for two years, trying to get the blog off the ground, trying to make money. And then when I reached 100,000 followers, I quit my PR job. So that, was that always your goal was to hit 100K? No, my goal was to make enough money that like, I don't know. I always knew I wanted to start my own business. I didn't know what that looked like. Yeah. And then when I was seeing that, I was literally making a salary off mm-hmm. just like posting on Instagram and working really hard. Like, don't get me wrong. It wasn't just posting on Instagram. I would wake up at 6 a.m., shoot content from 7 to 9, go into the office, work a full day, go to an event. Like, I was fully working two jobs. So then I had saved like a chunk of money and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, even if I don't get a paid gig for X amount of months, I could still afford rent mm-hmm. with this chunk of money that I've saved. Yeah. Don't quit your job if you can't pay your rent. Especially living in New York. Yes. Oh, because don't get me wrong, guys. It was not smooth sailing after I quit my job. My first year being an influencer full time, I made great money because uh, half of the year I had a salary job and then the other half of the year I was making a lot of money off being an influencer the second year I made half of what I made the first year yeah like really not great and then the third year it was the pandemic when you say blogger did you have an online blog in addition to Instagram or you were were you primarily on Instagram I did um I had a okay this is the evolution of like social media this is because this I feel like is very important to hear so I started a blog a website publicity.com which is now taken down because when I started here I just took it down Mm -hmm. um and then my Instagram publicity in 2016. Okay. And I had that. um, And then in 2018, I quit my job. By around 2017, brands were stopped. They weren't paying you for blog content anymore. They were just paying you for Instagram. Interesting. Blogs kind of became obsolete. Yeah. So in the beginning, that was my focus. And then it slowly went to the wayside. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of just kept the blog. And if a brand wanted, hey, we want an Instagram post, a blog post, a tweet, a this, a that, I would throw it in there and Mm -hmm. add a little like money towards um, the deal. But otherwise, like the blog ultimately became obsolete. Mm -hmm. So then it was mainly just Instagram. And that was my main like money maker. Okay. And then when I decided to quit my job, I was like, I can't rely on Instagram to be my only revenue stream Mm -hmm. because I don't own Instagram. Instagram owns Instagram. And also, I always say this, that Instagram does not want people to be making as much money off of it as we are. Mm -hmm. Like there is, they clearly, I think that the tantrums that Instagram basically throws by kicking us off for the day and like doing these things like the algorithm, I think it's literally it trying to tell us stop what you're doing, stop trying to make money off of me because I'm not having it. It's crazy and you can't rely on it. You can't. It's really terrifying. So that's why when I quit my job and decided to do the influencer thing full time, I was like, I'm going to launch a podcast Mm -hmm. and I'm going to launch merchandise. And like, I had no right doing any of that. Like, I I, I don't know who I think I am, but I'm like, whatever. I like pop culture because I had the entertainment roots. Mm -hmm. So I I launched my other, my old podcast called The Publicity Podcast. Mm -hmm. And I think I had like, it went on for two years. I had like 200 episodes. It was like pretty crazy. And um, secured all my own guests, tons of reality stars, sold my own merch. That's awesome. And um, during the pandemic, you know, was doing all of that. Like I literally was selling masks. Like I'm like, what could I do to just make money? Yeah. And TikTok popped up and my initial thought was like, I don't really see many like 
fashion or Instagram influencers on TikTok. Mm -hmm. So let me be the first because this is where brands are going to put their money next. Absolutely. So I started posting fashion content and cooking content and just like more of my life. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't until November. So we're coming up on one year. Okay. Of when... I started getting some followers and things were going viral. Like my apartment was going viral and like home tour. But it wasn't until I posted like a six second video of me talking. I was wearing a cute outfit saying you don't need to be a size zero to dress how you like want. Mm-hmm. Um, like follow me for fa- like midsize fashion inspo. That's all I said. Or like curvy fashion inspo. That was it? Six seconds. I got 250,000 followers overnight. Wow. And my... Everything skyrocketed. And it honestly felt like a blessing. Like as someone that's worked so hard to garner every single Instagram follower for six years or however long to just like have it happen so naturally. I was like, this is what dreams are made of. Like this is how it's supposed to be. Also for something that could potentially feel vulnerable to say in general, Mm -hmm. the fact that putting yourself out there and being like, you know what, any size looks incredible, basically. And it's it seems like, I mean, I think that any size is beautiful. And to me, it'd be like, be easy to say, but mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that it is. Mm-hmm. And so for that to make you blow up, that must have felt really empowering. Well, it was almost like the second, because I've obviously dug into this with my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everyone everyone in New York always talks about their therapist, which I love, by the way. As if they're, like, on speed dial. Yeah. So, like, I obviously dug into this with her, and it was, like, the second I was, like, my authentic self. Mm-hmm. Like, I was rewarded. You were living your truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it gave me a fresh perspective on everything. I was still a little embarrassed because, like, I had put on weight over the last, I I didn't know I had a gluten allergy. It's a whole freaking saga, guys. Like, I get into it on my podcast. But, like, (laughs) I didn't know I had a gluten allergy. I felt sick for a year. So I was eating a lot of gluten because I felt so sick and that was comforting. Mm. But then I was just putting on weight and having so much inflammation. Mm -hmm. So, like, I haven't really been able to take the weight off, even though I live a pretty healthy lifestyle. Yeah. I work out. I don't eat super bad. It's just for whatever reason, like my body's been holding on to this weight. So it was a little embarrassing for me to admit to the world and to my followers that like I put on weight because I was face tuning my pictures and I was hiding behind Instagram. And it was really liberating to go on TikTok where you're it's video. You can't mm-hmm. face tune a rollout. You can't fix a blemish. And like I was just like, this is me. And the world was receptive. Oh, that's just like really sweet when you think about it. It is. I think a lot of people felt that way. And it's weird because it's a social media platform. Mm -hmm. But I think it gave a lot of people like a confidence that they didn't have. TikTok's a really interesting platform to me. And I resonate a lot with what you're saying because I don't even know that I'm at a place yet with myself where I feel secure enough to put myself out there on TikTok like I just get nervous like I feel like I'm just conquering now Instagram and Mm -hmm. I get anxiety about TikTok because I feel like it is so vulnerable like you said because it's video and you can't you can't control every Mm -hmm. aspect you can't control how you're going to be on there and I think when you do a million takes all of a sudden then it just like doesn't look as good I see a little of you in me like the holding yourself back with it and and I'm honest about it I know that I am I know that I am I'm not there yet I would love to be I'm not, though. And I want you to be there because... And I'm going to, like, stay on you because <laughs> I think there's so much more to you than meets the eye that you're 
even allowing people to see. Yeah. I think it's honestly because when I was in high school, I had such a hard time growing up. I was always moving around. Mm -hmm. And so much of the first impressions that I made with my classmates, even at a young age, was based on how I looked, how I dressed. Because kids pick up on that. Mm -hmm. They understand, like, this girl isn't dressed like us. She's not acting like us. It doesn't have to be the way she's talking. It's these nonverbal cues to them. And I was made fun of a lot for how I looked and how I dressed. And I was extremely insecure about it. I was naive at a young age about it. But then once I became more and more aware, oh, they're making fun of me. Like, they're Mm. making fun of me, not for my personality, but for how I look. And that was, like, I mean, I even had my house vandalized one time. And they printed out photos of me and threw them all over the yard and said that I looked like a horse. And they Mm. said, like, all of these really... So I've been through a lot more than I think people realize. And living in Scottsdale, Arizona, there is such a culture there of girls maintaining this perfect appearance. Mm -hmm. And I would argue even more so than places like L.A. Like, because Scottsdale's a different kind of perfect. It's it's like L.A., it's like you want to look like you're not trying, but you really are. Arizona, it's like you better look like you spent two hours getting ready and that you just spent $1,000 on your entire outfit and everything you're doing. 100% you're right about that. And so I had guys, literally, I'd see guys say like, oh, you didn't put on makeup today? Or they'd grab your fat and they'd be like, oh, look at how you look today. Where's your, like, so critical, so critical. And that was normalized there. That was normalized. So when I was questioning, is this okay that they're saying this to me? And so it really is deep rooted. And I'm trying really, really hard because I don't think I was ever like this when I was younger. I was definitely the happy go lucky Mm. girl. I was always so friendly to everybody, like always giving, always giving back. And it wasn't until I really like submerse myself in Scottsdale that it really got to my head that that totally makes sense because Scottsdale notoriously is known for that and people joke about it and they're like oh yeah they're like gorgeous girls there and they are but I don't think people realize how much we go through and so my sister who looks like a freaking supermodel like she's beautiful she's like 115 pounds and like 5'8 like she's gorgeous she went to Scottsdale because she was like seeing this guy Mm -hmm. and I'll just never this story just reminds me of it and she no one could objectively look at her and be like she's ugly Mm -hmm. and she went out with this guy and you know she has brown hair and everyone has blonde hair and she said the girls like at the club were pointing at her being like ew she's so fucking ugly (gasps) And she was like, I felt mortified. Like, I was so embarrassed. I want to say that that's unusual, but I am i can't say that it always is. So I'm like, I know. This. Yeah. So mine was interesting because I was really bullied as a child, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. Because I was extremely confident. Like, I didn't oh. put on weight until, like, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, I thought I was hot shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, I you know, was always dated older boys and like I had a cute little body and big boobs and like I was bullied because like it's hard to explain because it sounds weird because usually you when you think of people that are bullied, you think of people that are like nerds or whatever. Yeah. It was I was bullied mostly because like let's say I was dating I was a freshman and I was dating a guy that was a junior. Mm -hmm. The junior girls would yell in the hall, slut. Oh yeah, I've been there. Yeah. And Keep in mind, guys, like, I lost my virginity, like, senior year to someone I loved. Like, I wasn't doing anything. Like, yeah. I wasn't even doing anything but, like, holding their hands. Like, I was, like, a prude. Mm-hmm. And people would be yelling, like, awful names at me. Wow. People would um, prank phone call me and make fun of me. And um, 
terrible. Similar, like yeah. and different, but similar. But it was weird because I was a confident person. And I almost think that because I was confident, it made people that weren't so confident and were insecure, it made them want to lash out at me. Yeah. I also think when you are confident, people just think automatically you don't have feelings. Like I would say that a lot of a lot of times I see girls go out of their way to build up people who maybe someone in their friend group who seems a little more insecure, mm-hmm. but you don't hear them complimenting the most confident one in the group. So true. That's so true. Like they never do. No one's ever complimenting them. And it's because they're like, oh, well, you just know that you look great. Yeah, or, you're secure. And it's like, well, no, like that's not, that's not always the case. And I mean, I'm sorry to hear that happen. Like, it, I mean, girls can be so, so mean. So, But it's like, you can't win, I guess. Cause if you're insecure, you get bullied. If you are secure, you get bullied. <laughs> yeah. Like, but you want to know something crazy? Oh, I want to hear My it. friend was at a wedding last weekend and my high school, middle school bully went up to her <gasps> and was like, I owe Alyssa an apology. Oh my God. And like she had, like she said, she completely changed. And she's like, I want her to know I treated her like shit. And I'm really sorry. Wow. So it's weird because you're like, oh, it wasn't in my head. No, I mean, it absolutely was not in your head. And I know it wasn't, but I believe that sometimes people that are bullying people almost aren't even aware that they're doing it because it's just like a defense mechanism. But it was just really like kind of redeeming to hear that. But it also doesn't change anything. But I guess I guess it helps to know that maybe their realization of it will prevent them from doing it to someone else in the future because yeah. bullies don't stop in high school. They mm-hmm. continue on for a very long time. But relating it back to TikTok though, I think that's the thing that I do love about TikTok cuz I will say what I hate about TikTok and this isn't as much a thing anymore. It was very popular in the pandemic. I didn't like that everyone was trying to do the same thing as everybody yes. else. Because it literally goes against what I am about. I'm like, be an original. Be yourself. Because there's only one of you. And there will never be someone else who is you. It's a big copycat app. A big copycat app. But at the same time, there are also people on there who are living their truth. Like you said. And they are being 100% themselves. My favorite videos on TikTok are the random people that I my favorite video of all time is this woman who bought a cactus a mini cactus at Walmart and she slams it on the counter and she's like I just bought a cactus at Walmart and she just like goes on and on and it was I literally from having a down day I just watched that video and I'm like this woman before TikTok probably would have never in a million years had people say like you're funny or like had, yeah. had, had really built her up like that because this was not the type of woman that I feel like was maybe getting people saying that or to like her. putting herself out on social media yeah and then here she was like putting herself out there and then the response was like I'm not the only one who loves this video and I think mm-hmm. that's so cool is it's probably a lot of people who were a little bit different or maybe like weren't traditionally like what was being responded to on something like Instagram or like YouTube maybe on TikTok they're feeling more accepted 100% and I think like we got so far away from the initial question which was like how did I get my job here which is so funny but I felt like that backstory is like important to know but basically which is funny enough like it definitely made me start showing a different side of my personality and like even my Instagram followers who had followed me for years my feedback was like I love what you've been showing of yourself I'm like yeah because I'm actually showing my personality Oh my God. But I had this weird, I don't know if you believe in like psychics. I'm like very spiritual. I had this like weird thing where I moved into my apartment by myself, living by myself for the first time ever during the pandemic. I was in this like 
just point in my life where things were changing. And I went to see a psychic and who I want to go to again. I want to go once a year. So I'm coming up on my one year. And he immediately just told me all these things. And he basically was saying to me that um, he's like, has something really been no he goes something in your career is gaining momentum like I feel it and it's going to reach a climax and it's about to burst through the ceiling like something is building and it's when I was getting all these like followers from that one video wow and I was like yes and he's like and I keep seeing like 11 11 11 11 which a lot of psychics will say because that's like an angel number he's like and your grandma who's your guardian angel she wants you to know like have you been seeing it lately Mm -hmm. and I was like yes honestly this week leading up to our session like I keep seeing it and I even texted my friend being like I see 11 11 everywhere I go this week and then he's like yes like she wants you to know that she's sending you signs and like you're on the right path and something huge is about to happen and it was like a few weeks later and I was looking at the video that I posted, the one, the six second video that got me all these followers when I noticed I posted it on November 11th, 11-11. Wow. And it was the day that I posted that video and that was the day that was blowing up. And I was on my couch and I always wanted to pitch Barstool Sports, a podcast concept. Mm-hmm. But at the time, my old podcast was all about pop culture. Mm-hmm. And we have a pop culture podcast, Chicks in the Office, and they do a wonderful job. And I didn't think I had anything original to pitch them because I had nothing else that was not like yeah. I would have been pitching them a show they have. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'd been feeling defeated with my podcast. I was like, I'm sick of talking about celebrities. We're in a freaking pandemic. There are more important things in the world. Like I was on this spiritual journey of like loving myself, going to therapy, getting in touch with my spirituality and accepting my body. And like I was on this journey of all of these great things. And I was like, I don't want to talk about celebrities today. Mm -hmm. So I put my podcast on hiatus and I just was sitting on my couch and I just opened Dave Portnoy's like Instagram Mm -hmm. and I just strategically sent him a DM and like this is the publicist in me I like made sure my picture I like changed my profile picture so I looked like a hot girl oh my god (laughs) he's gonna see a girl sliding into his before he had his girlfriend obviously I'm like he's gonna see his a girl sliding into his dms and you're only he's only gonna see the first sentence because you know when you send a dm you before you open it you only see like the first five words so I'm like, what could I say in the first five words this to make him... This is so strategic. Oh, it was so strategic. I'm like, what could I say in these first five words to make him open this DM? So it was a picture of me, and then it said, hear me out, period. I didn't want to waste it with like, hi, hope you're doing well. Yeah. No. And I know he's a very straight to the point guy. Mm-hmm. So I said, hear me out. There's a big flaw like in your business model. You're not reaching women that aren't like that aren't 25 and blonde and flying around on private jets. Facts. I was like, I love Caller Daddy. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan. But like, not everyone is getting flown around by athletes. It's not and like, relatable. Some of us are getting ghosted and like dealing with anxiety and mental health and weight problems and et cetera. And there is a big void and I could fill it for you. And like basically just like called out a flaw. It wasn't that word for word, but something along those lines. Yeah. And he wrote back like 30 minutes later and he was 30 like. 30 minutes. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he was like, nice intro. Send me some more information. <gasps> so then the next week I was in the office meeting with Dave and Erica, the CEO. And um, then we went into contracting, but it was like during like the holiday time. So 
you know, like I had to get a lawyer. They had to get, you know, it was like a whole thing. And then I started the end of January. That's amazing. That's really, that's honestly, that's such a cool story. I know, well, now I'm like really thinking if I ever want to send a DM to a guy, I really need to think about that first line or something. The first line. <laughs> now I'm thinking, now I'm thinking all about that. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that it goes back to just advocating for yourself. And you took that time, though, to self-reflect. And that's what I always encourage a lot of my friends to do, that Mm -hmm. they get so consumed with what they're doing that they're not taking the proper time to think about, like, am I happy with what I'm doing? Could I be doing something else? And it's clearly the pandemic gave you that kind of clarity that you were able to ask yourself that. Sometimes I miss it. Like not the pandemic, that time in my life where I was so, me and my friend Ellen talk about it like it was the glory days. No, it was. We both were on this path. Like we both um, read this book. It's called, um, oh my God, what's it called? You are, oh my god what's it called I don't know it will come to me but it's basically a book and it's a workbook and it's about finding the one like Mm. finding like your perfect match Mm -hmm. and it's so much more than a book about dating like it is so much more every day it gives you a lesson and like the lessons are so deep it will be like write a note to your past self and then burn it tonight or it will be like dig up things from like your childhood that affected you or draw a picture to your future self like crazy shit and Ellen and I were doing this workbook and it was during the time where we both got so in touch like with our spirituality because mm-hmm. we were just in this like self-love journey <laughs> and we always talk about it because like I kind of feel removed from it now and I'll mm-hmm. be like I miss those days I was just so in touch with myself. <laughs> I'm planning to do an episode about my growth during the pandemic because I almost don't even recognize myself like pre-pandemic versus post-pandemic. Mm-hmm. I think I changed drastically but it's interesting you say about the spirituality thing because in um, in January of 2020, this is pre-pandemic still, I was getting my chart done. I never have my chart done, like my birth chart. And I go to them and they read me the chart and they say, I don't know who, if everyone's familiar, but you have 12 houses mm-hmm. and one of your houses is like your marriage house. My marriage house was empty. There was nothing in it. But my other houses, based on what she was able to read of the chart, it said that I was going to be extremely successful in my career wow, and that I was going to travel the world, but that love was basically not going to be a priority in my life. And that was extremely interesting because I was going through a breakup and I felt like he was my one and I had lost him. Mm-hmm. And this at this time, I'm thinking, was this like meant to happen in this moment that I swear... Whether you want to believe in horoscopes or birth Mm -hmm. charts or not, that moment of seeing that and being told you have a greater purpose beyond just simply being a wife and a mother was so significant in my journey of self-growth that I suddenly became open to the idea of, you know what? I love working. I've always loved working, but I have not allowed myself to fully devote my my whole self to my work. Mm-hmm. And now as a result, look at like where I'm at. It's so crazy. I feel like I feel like you and I are similar in a lot of ways, like mm-hmm. the way we like internalize things or de- like and I'm so I'm 30. I'm 5 years older than you. I think by the time you're my age, you're going to have like, you know how you said, oh, I'm not ready to do that yet. Or I'm not mm-hmm. ready to, 
you'll be there. I'm it excited. It took me a long time to get here. And like that's why I, I don't regret the fact that I'm single right now. I feel like the person that I'm going to be with, I'm fully myself. And I know who I am. Whereas had I committed to someone a few years ago, I maybe would have like molded more to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm like, no, this is who I am. This is what I like. Like I'm so much more sure of myself. Yeah, I mean, I completely used to throw myself into the guys that I was dating their lives. And I very rarely even introduced them to anybody in my life. I was basically living their life. Mm-hmm. And I was always so focused on, I don't know that I really changed myself. I just feel like I'm the type that I naturally like acts of service is my love language, like I've talked about before. And I... I will do anything for my partner and now I'm just not willing to make those same sacrifices and not in a selfish way like I will definitely make sacrifices for a partner Mm -hmm. but at this point in my career I feel like I've given up on opportunities in the past for a relationship and for a guy out of respect for them or not even necessarily respect but just like worried that they you know would break up with me if I wasn't around Mm -hmm. or if or that kind of thing but I'm just not willing to do that anymore and but it is kind of I get lonely at times and it's weird I feel like I'm almost less appealing to guys now than I have ever been I know that <laughs> sounds ridiculous yeah. but I'm like I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I've, I'm like so happy with what's looking back at me like I'm so feeling good about myself mm-hmm. right now not because of how I look physically but where I am in my yeah, professional life and how I feel mentally but yet I have never been more single there's the dms are empty they are fully empty. I'm on dating apps, no DMs in there. You know what it is? Your energy is probably throwing off like, I don't need a man right now. Yeah, like yeah. I'm content and yeah. like you're not, like maybe before it was more of like a desperate, like I need your attention, I need your validation. Whereas now you're like, I'm good. I'm good. I, I would really, <laughs> yeah. be, I'd be fine if you never call me back. I'd be fine like if you do. Like, yeah, like it's just the phase of your life that you're in where yeah. like you kind of deprioritized love mm-hmm. and you're prioritizing yourself. And yeah. that's like really big. It is. It is really big. But it's so interesting that I think women, it's so much attached to like we grow up feeling like so much of our value is tied to whether or not we're in a relationship. And I feel like there's so much more pressure on women to settle down and find a partner. I mean, there's a reason why all of us all the time get down on ourselves. Like how many guys get down on themselves when they're single? How many of them are like, are like, oh man, like I'm single. Like what's wrong with me? Like, no, no guy is saying that. They're like, heck yeah, I'm single. And Uh it's like, I'm trying to transform my mind to be at that point because I definitely love being single. I think I get a lot more done. Mm -hmm. I think that I'm just very focused on myself. But I just do think about it sometimes. I'm like, we push women to be strong and to be successful. Mm-hmm. Yet I've never been more successful. I've never been stronger. And I've never been more single. So why is <laughs> it's that? so true. Why is that? I think that way too sometimes. <laughs> and you know what else is weird though? Like it's a sad reality that I've learned that men are so visual in the sense that like if I post like a thirst trap, mm-hmm. I'll get those DMs. Oh, yeah. I'll get those. I'll get that validation. But it's like, I shouldn't have to post something for you to notice me. Exactly. Like, I'm so over that. Like, why don't you notice me because I'm a nice person or I'm good at my job or because I'm give back to my community? Like, whatever. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like, why do I have to, like, be, like, sexy for you to pay attention to me? And I think, like, that's also been part of the journey, like, as my physicals changed Mm -hmm. my like inners changed too Mm -hmm. because now I'm like I don't even want to give you that like it just it's making me I don't I don't know I still love to be like feminine and like show my boobs and like be a girl and be sexy but I just I've had like a 
my eyes have been opened to a lot of things. It's interesting that you point that out because when I've told some of my girlfriends about this feeling that I've been having lately, they're like, well, Mackenzie used to post like pretty provocative stuff and you're not doing that anymore. And I guess that that's how you know that the changes in yourself are so real and Mm -hmm. and how much you've maybe changed and haven't even noticed it for me it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like my image changed after the show it was before the show like you said when so much was going on in the world and I mean I was a justice studies minor in college so I'm studying this while all of this is also happening in the world Mm -hmm. and I'm like I it just changed me it changed me yeah it changed me in such a way and and sometimes I I wish that I could go back to the little more of like lighthearted self of mine but there's just so much like when I when I'm attracted to somebody most it's when I can have an extremely deep conversation with them and we can just connect Mm -hmm. on a on a level of like two souls connecting and I realize that you know that's going to be harder to find but I did I think that you should tell them about how on your on the dating apps like you don't put your Instagram because I find that to be so interesting I'm like should I do that like so I noticed like in New York so when I was a publicist and like an influencer this is the thing I know if I put I could I work at Barstool Sports I can get dates because men Barstool to men is housewives to women. You know what I mean? Like how we watch The Bachelor is how men consume Barstool. Mm -hmm. So like I know if I put that on my profile, I will get a million people knocking down my door for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And just like I know, if I post a picture of my boobs, I can get dms from guys Mm -hmm. i'm i don't want you to like me for superficial reasons anymore is Mm -hmm. the point of my life that i'm in because i used to do that like i would post a hot picture and then the guy i liked would text me and then we'd start talking and i'm just like i want someone that's like real and authentic so on my dating i only really use hinge i have bumble too but i don't really open it Mm -hmm. on hinge like i only have my first name i don't have my last name my job says that i work in digital media and um, I don't have my Instagram linked to it because and I don't have like influencery photos. I have like my ugliest. Photos. I honestly <laughs> love that, though, like that. I think that automatically just kind of takes out the the superficial aspects of it. And wait, I'm curious, what is your love language? Um, I am. You know, what's weird. I know my two, but I'm like, I wonder if could you receive two differently than you yeah, give yeah it's so different. I like physical touch and quality time okay but I don't know if I necessarily put that out like I think I for my partner mm-hmm. am like an acts of service type of person mm-hmm. but I like to receive from them quality time and physical touch does that make sense yeah because I was thinking on that a little bit more because my mom made this point of um like some of my friends who are who are physical touch they they might be a little more out out there with their sexuality and a little mm-hmm. more forward about it and it's I think maybe there is a correlation somewhat there of for me I never want to be hit on for how I look and so like for some people like posting posting the pictures of their boobs they want that response because they want to hear a guy Mm. validate them like that because that makes them feel sexy versus what makes me feel sexy is when you say oh you're so smart or like oh you really just helped me through that tough time like that to me is a turn on when a guy 
loves me for my for what for my voice I'm trying to think of myself I think I like to feel sexy for myself yeah like my self-confidence like Mm -hmm. when I feel good I'm like yeah like I got this yeah but I agree I don't necessarily I've never been a big words of affirmation person I hate words of affirmation don't give them to me I'm much more actions speak louder than words Mm -hmm. like I think talk is so fucking cheap honestly sorry I don't know if I can curse on (laughs) but like I just think talk is so cheap and I believe that you need to like show me you want to be with me by being trustworthy by being honest by being respectful like Mm -hmm. I'm huge on respect yeah and so for me um I think across the board like quality time is probably my most like I really like that those moments when you're just like with someone at home like even just like laying in bed and talking like to Mm -hmm. me just getting to know people on an intellectual level is just as important as the physical yeah and I think there's no there's nothing wrong with the physical being really important because I know for some people that it is for me it's just so insignificant and I Mm. wonder if that is tied to why I have been so distant from that part of me like I used to just like really put my sexuality out there and now I don't Mm. and I think it's maybe because it was attracting guys who not only were interested in me for my appearance but they also were the type that were very sexual in the sense of being like very touchy very forward very words affirmation which is not me that's so interesting because mine when I say physical touch it's more like it's more of a connection thing than like a sex thing. It's more like we're out and you put your hands on my back to mm-hmm. let me know like, hey, I'm here. Yeah. Like for me, it's more of a um, connect, like emotional connection. Yeah. Like, oh, you walk past me and you just like squeeze my arm. I like, think that's a lot of quality time though. That's yeah, it probably all comes it, back to the probably same. It all comes back to the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, like I think like when you think deeply about it, that like maybe that's kind of a consistent thing because people people ask me like what I'm looking for in a guy and I'm and one of the first things I say is, well, I don't want them to hit on me. I don't want them to mention anything about how I look, like at all. Well, because I think we're you, like you're used to people that being their first thing. Yeah. There's like there's a lot that I've had to dig through with that as well. Just like that's why I don't put my last name on my profile or my mm-hmm. Instagram. I'm like I don't want you to judge me before you get to know the inside of me is mm-hmm. how I feel. Yeah. That's deep. It's so deep. I love like all the different just little like tangents that we're getting on. But I, I think that people will maybe listen to this and think, oh, wow, like I kind of connect with that. And because that's the really cool thing about what I want to do with this podcast is just having these conversations that we we went into with a plan, but we're just like we're going all over the place. It's just girl. Chat. At this point. Yeah, it's it's girl talk. And like, that's what it's about. I do think too, like your tea tribe. I've told you about mm-hmm. this. I am. I admire it so much that you are all about creating this community especially because in New York people talk a lot about like it gets lonely sometimes and Mm -hmm. I think the fact that you're making that extra effort to create something like Tea Tribe Mm -hmm. and I actually did start the process of applying to it on Facebook and I saw the question that was what does spill the tea mean to you (laughs) so I'm curious what does that mean to you though um spill the tea to me is just like divulging information whether it be like in a gossipy way like celebrity news or it's just like oversharing yeah just kind of like yeah divulging information I guess is the best way to put it yeah because I thought I would I can only imagine what some of the responses are yeah when people when people answer that I wanted to be clever or something and be like well I'm spilling coffee instead (laughs) like I just like I thought about it but I I don't drink tea (laughs) I don't I actually don't drink tea but no I think that that's that's really cool do you have any advice like speaking as you're a proud New Yorker you've been here you grew Mm -hmm. up in New Jersey but you've been in New York since 2013 yes what would be your advice for someone like 
like myself who would love to move to New York at some point, if you could narrow it down to like three things. Hmm. I get this so much actually on my like IG questions and I feel like I've lived here for so long that I always say this to people. I want to be honest in saying like it wasn't a big leap of faith for me to come here because I'm from New Jersey mm-hmm. and my parents are 25 miles away. So I've never had to move across the country. So I almost can't relate to that. And I admire people that do that so much because it was an easier decision for me Mm -hmm. knowing that I'm not moving away from my family or anything. And all my friends also moved here. So I didn't have to make friends. I didn't, you know, it was, it was different for me, but I think my biggest thing is, um, if I had to go back, I would have saved more money before moving here because I was making no money and I was like really living paycheck to paycheck for so many years. Um, so I would save a little money. I would um, make an effort to like really do things in the city that make you feel like a New Yorker, like city bike. Just don't do like touristy things. Do local things, you know, yeah. find a coffee shop that's a block away from your apartment and become friends with the owner. And I've been doing that every day I've been here. Yeah. I've gone to a new local coffee shop and it's really, really cool. Actually. It's and so cool. They even offer you like at some places do like a neighbor discount. Apparently like that, uh, uh. that must mean that they like, like when people from the neighborhood support it. Yes. Like you want to like know your area and know the people around you. And I think that New York we get known for being like, oh, New Yorkers are, you know, have their head up. No, it's such a collaborative environment. Like people are really friendly. People love to work together. They love to help each other. And um, I think it's just, yeah, like the more you put into your experience, the more you get out of it. No, I think that I think that that's incredible advice. Um, yeah, I just think it takes some getting used to. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I really appreciate that you touched on the fact that it wasn't that big of a leap for you because I went to school outside of DC for part of my high school. I was in DC and a lot of people I know from DC now live here in New York Mm. and obviously DC is a little bit further away, but for them, it's just very normal. Like I think being someone who has lived on the West coast for so long, a lot of people glamorize New York city and they're like, this is like such a cool place. It, It took me probably my like sixth like fifth or sixth trip here to look around and think like New York is actually just a really big city mm-hmm. it's a very cool city but it you shouldn't feel like oh if, if I don't do this or if I don't do that then like I'm never gonna make it in New York like yeah it's just a really big city with a lot of people in it and there's a lot of cool things to do but don't let that intimidate you from going for it but also don't let it fool you into thinking that it's more than what it is I'm almost happy that I never even viewed it that way because I never was scared of anything do you know what I yeah I just kind of went for everything because to me it was just like I went to college in Connecticut and I would take the train in for an internships like I always was coming in and out that it like kind of made it a little less scary for me I would say yeah I mean I, it's it's getting a little less scary now. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'll get to come here eventually. It's been really cool to experience in the fall. I have yeah. done the city bike. I oh. I got very lost multiple times. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like sweating, and I was like, "Am I gonna die here?" But <laughs> it, like, is, I, it is scary. I literally thought I was just gonna just die in some <laughs> random. I didn't even know what borough I was in. I thought I was just gonna die right there, just on the city bike. <laughs> but I will say, like New York drivers, I think are so used to bikers at this point, mm-hmm. and cyclists, that they are like kind of careful about not hitting you I also try to ride the bike paths like along the um like west side highway Mm -hmm. because like you're not even by cars then and it's better when and if you come here 
we'll do a whole like local day and yeah. I'll show you around. We'll do a city bike <laughs> yeah, tour. Yeah. You'll be like, this is where we can go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I think we're going to wrap it up here, but um, let them know where they can follow you and yeah. what days that they can expect your podcast to come out because they should definitely go listen. Totally. So it's publicity on Instagram and TikTok. P-U-B-L-Y-S-S-I-T-Y. If you haven't gotten it by now, it's like a play on words um, <laughs> between my nickname and the word publicity. And then my podcast is Tea with Publicity. It's a Barstool Sports podcast. And we talk about just like taboo female topics like mental health. Honestly, a lot of like what we talked about here today. And every um, episodes come out midnight on Mondays or I guess it's called Midnight on Monday if they come out on Tuesday. Yeah. I, do you know I never know that? I'm like... <laughs> I was asking myself the same thing the other day. Like, and my mom and I went back and forth about this for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, I think it's the day that you're on even though it's at midnight. Yeah, I know. It confused me. So they come out Tuesday. So when you wake up Tuesday, they're there for you to listen to. Yeah, um, yeah and I think that's everything. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. And thank you for allowing me to come into Barstool Swartz. Oh I feel gosh. so official. I know. Thanks for coming on. This was... I could have talked for hours this was fun. I'm going to brag to all my guy friends that I was here. <laughs> all right. See you guys later. Bye. Okay, so I might start to sound like a broken record after a while, but I truly loved recording that interview. Probably one of my favorites that I've recorded so far. I love the banter that Alyssa and I have. I think that we covered a lot of topics in a very short amount of time. And I just, I don't know, I just really enjoyed it. I just love girl talk. I don't know. I just love it. But if you want to hear more of it, be sure to check out last Thursday's episode of Training Camp. I included a bonus segment. We did a little game called New York City This or That. I love a good this or that. You might be surprised by some of her answers. One that stands out to me is apparently bagels are better in New Jersey. I did not realize that that was a thing, but you'll have to check that out to hear some more of what she has to say about the best city in the world. Also, we touched on this during the episode. I was kind of joking about joking, but kind of serious. How am I single when I'm the best version of myself right now? And I thought a lot about this because even since the episode, there have been some things that have happened, um, some new experiences that have made me reflect on what we talked about a little bit more. And I feel like I have some new insight. And one of the biggest things that I would say is when a relationship ends and it's not an amicable ending, like let's say like you're broken up with, someone breaks up with you. It is really easy to get caught up in thinking, what did I do wrong? Like, what are the things that I could have done differently? Now, there are opportunities for self-growth in those moments of thinking of, could I have handled this better? Could I have done this differently just because I am not proud of how I acted or I think that I could have done this better? However, when it comes to things like second guessing who you are as an individual because a guy or a girl did not reciprocate those feelings that you had and chose to end the relationship, that is when I ask you to please stop yourself. Do not question who you are and the person that you are working so hard to become 
just because someone else didn't appreciate it. Think about that. Do not question who you are because someone else did not appreciate it. I can honestly say from my experience that I am that girl that all my friends are like, oh, you're wifey material. You do this, you do that. Like who wouldn't want to date you? I have a really difficult time dating. As I, as I also mentioned, I have a hard time dating, you know? So even, even myself, like I, I have had situations where they've ended very abruptly. And I've thought to myself, what am, what am I doing wrong? What, what am I doing? And something that I have learned in these last few weeks is if you're questioning who you are as a person, don't do that because in reality, it has very, very little to do with you, if anything, and it has everything to do with them. I'm truly of the belief that you can be the very best version of yourself and there are still going to be some people who just don't want you. I know that sounds really harsh, but it's not a one size fits all. It's not like, oh, I've achieved this level of success or I look this way, or I'm wearing these clothes or I'm doing these things or I'm this age. It is not about that at the end of the day. It really isn't. And I think that if you're going to open yourself up to dating and meeting people, you have to be confident in who you are as a person and not let people rejecting you make you question who you are because who you are is beautiful, it's unique, and it's awesome, okay? So that's my that's my little advice for the day, but thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of Out of His League. Please be sure to follow us on socials. Also, please be sure to like us, subscribe to us, and leave a review. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, thank you so much to my editor, Herman. That's going to be all for me today. Please be sure to tune back in this Thursday for another episode of Training Camp. Sending you guys lots of love. I hope you have a very, very, very happy Tuesday and a wonderful rest of your week.